0: All right, we're back. Let's give a news from Radio Vermont. Welcome this morning to Vermont poet David Budbill. Also joining us is uh, musician Eric Nielsen and documentary filmmaker Susan Bettman. We're going to be chatting about an upcoming performance, uh, the opera version. Am I correct in calling this the opera version of Jude Divine? That's okay. Okay, what would you call it, David? The upper version of Judah Right on. Okay, thank you. So we love that positive reinforcement. Eric, can you give us a little bit of the backstory here? This is a bit of a revival. This actually, uh, the, the uh, a Fleeting Animal, was actually done before.
1: Yes. Can you talk about that? Yes. It was a commission from Vermont Opera Theater in Montpelier. Um, and uh, I had carte blanche as to what I was going to write. And so I kept, I wanted a Vermont story. And so I kept looking around and finding different things, but I kept coming back to David's Judah I'd never met him, so I called him up and I said, Has anyone ever made an opera out of Judah And if not, are you interested in working with me on one? And he said no to the first question and yes to the second. So we quickly determined that we couldn't do all of Judah It just was... There were too many stories in it, so we settled on the love story of Tommy and Grace, and with some of the other characters in it, and
0: Vietnam vet, yeah, powerful.
1: We went, we went, so we went from there, and we developed it. and uh, David can talk about some of the new characters and new things that came into the opera that are not in Judavine. So, I certainly understand people calling it the Judavine opera. I don't care what they call it as long as they come to it, but. There are differences. There are things in Judavine, lots of them, that are not in the opera, and there are a bunch of things that are in the opera that are not in Judavine. Um, but it was done six times in October of two thousand, and it's going to be done six times starting two weeks from today.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, David, can you describe to people uh, Tommy and Grace?
2: Sure. Um, Tommy is a Vietnam vet, and uh, he's he never left Judavine. Until he went to the services. And um, so his experience of the world is Giudevain or Vietnam. And while he's in Giudevain, he meets uh, and becomes friends with two black guys. Who for um, Vermonter was very strange. Um, being the white, one of the whitest states in America. Um, and they become characters in the play. In the opera. Uh, William and James do. And um, they're not the only characters, but um, there are two of them. Um, <clears throat> so Tommy comes back to Vietnam, from Vietnam, and uh, he falls in love with this woman named Grace, who's a welfare mother. child, uh, child She has th- two, three, three kids. I can never remember. Um and uh um they set up a liaison and um in the end tommy kills himself and grace goes crazy so it's a typical happy ending opera opera (laughs) right Wow. wow all right what's the
0: appeal to you to have this done in an opera form
2: Well, um, there are a lot of appeals. One is, and the most important one, I think, is that it gives, music always jacks up everything. Um, so that the emotional intensity, which is what I'm after, um, of a scene is jacked up by the music. And that's certainly true in this play at the end of Act 1 and at the end of Act 2. Um, And the other thing is, it gave me the chance to open up the story and add two black characters and uh, a a character named the Angel of Depression um, and uh, to redo a number of things.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you wish you'd added those characters in the original? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of like you get a second crack at at the bat here. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eric, uh, tell me, so so when you two guys first initially collaborated, I'm just sort of curious how you put the music to words. How how does that, I mean, does it? do you have to fit the the music to the words or the words to the music?
1: Well, um, if you get ten music creators in a room and half of them are singer-songwriters and the other half are concert composers like me and you ask which comes first, the music or the words, I can guarantee you... The all the concert composers are going to say the words come first and all the singer-songwriters are going to say the music comes first they fit words to music they'll come up with a lick and then they'll come up with words to fit it most of us don't make up our own words so we take the words and then we create music to fit and so that's what happened here David and I did a lot of back and forth by phone, by email through the mail, sitting down face to face where he took scenes from Judah Vine and and basically i crossed out a lot of lines because if it takes 10 seconds to say something it takes a minute and a half to sing it right so (laughs) and david was great i mean he he's an old jazz guy so he's used to improvising and he was great at doing adaptation and also it was as he just said it was fun for him to add these new characters and i'd say to him i want something so i can have a quartet Mm -hmm. and so he'd come up with it so we worked together, you know, back and forth about this until the libretto, as it's called, the script, was was the way I felt I could work with it. And then I sat down and started to create the music. And after a few months, he said, um, I want to hear what you've done. <laughs> so I was very nervous, and he came over to the house, and I sort of banged my way through it, kind of singing and playing uh-huh. the piano and everything. And he's still speaking to me, so I guess it must have been okay. Yeah,
0: I guess. It, huh? It must have been. Yeah, it, it turned out all right. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with great, it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You know, one of the things people talk about with Jude Divine, is how timeless it is. <clears throat> Do you think that's true? And if so, why is it?
2: I don't know why it's true, but it is true. Um, one of the things that Vermonters don't know is that this play has been uh, all over the country. in I don't know how many states, but... Uh, 22. 22?
1: That's wow. what you
2: told me. 22 states. And... Um, Everybody thinks it's their play, and Vermonters think it's their play. So when they hear that there was a, a play, um, a version in Los Angeles or San Francisco or New Orleans or wherever, Chicago, they uh, they become offended. Um, right. What, what, right. Are they, what are they doing with art? With with with, with 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 my play? Uh-huh. Uh huh. So uh, they have to get used to. Timelessness of it all right so david's
0: not going to handle the the deeper question of why it's timeless eric why do you think it is
1: because the characters get ready
0: because i'm going to ask you too
1: the characters are alive they're every people what i've been telling people is that these characters step off a back road and onto the stage they're real they don't mess around there's no glossing over of the reality what i tell people who get put off by the the word opera is don't think about the label come and see your neighbors on the stage laughing and crying and living and loving and dying and having good times and bad and struggling through the seasons the way we all do but this is this is timeless and you know people said well why don't you update it to right now and yeah I had two answers. One, David and I are both very comfortable with this era that we grew up in. And so it makes sense. And it gives some distance so that it's not just about current day politics and, and argument this this gives it, it sets it in a particular time. And that also gives it more of a timeless feel. And I also said, the nature of war hasn't changed all yeah. that much in the last few thousand years. So, yeah. um, So I think that... If you follow the story, if you come to see the story, the music will carry you along. But it's David's characters are wonderful, and that's why it's timeless, because they are alive. And you could put them in any sort of dress, and they'd still be alive. So that's why it's timeless to me.
0: Susan, let me get uh, scooching in here. So you're making a documentary, uh, so talk about that a little bit. And then I'll ask you about the significance here.
3: Oh, okay. Um, Well, uh, Eric asked me um, uh, if I'd be interested in making a documentary about the opera, and I said yes, for a couple of reasons, one of which is that uh, it's only going to be performed six times, and I think that's pretty typical for operas. um, Even the most famous ones are only performed a handful of times or a handful of times a year Um, and this was a way to preserve that as a, you know, part of a cultural legacy part of a Vermont cultural legacy so I'm I'm interested in that I'm interested in what uh, what what Vermonters uh, Vermont artists produce Mm -hmm. and in preserving that and following that
0: How is this going to become available for people to watch?
3: Um, That's a good question. Uh, Well, I'm hoping that it'll be on Vermont Public Television and that it'll be at film festivals throughout the state. And um, it'll probably be available through libraries, which some of my other films are.
0: Okay. So you're going to shoot a lot of this while the production's going on in September? yeah and and, you've been shooting already
3: yeah okay i I shot some interviews with um david and eric and rusty deweese who was the first person to play antoine one of the main characters in Judahine. fine right um we did auditions filming and uh filmed the first read through of the libretto which was really great
0: okay so when do you think your documentary would be done
3: um, the end of this year, probably.
0: Okay, that's, yeah. that's pretty quick. Yeah. Why do you think the characters are timeless?
3: Well, um, I, it reminds me a lot of Thornton Wilder's Our Town. Um, there's something that just touches the heart. Uh, there, As Eric says, it's people that you know, but also people that you love and that make you feel love and that you care about. So I think that's what does it.
0: Mm-hmm. Can uh, I don't know which one of you wants to talk about where and when this is all happening, Eric?
1: Um, we yeah. do you know this off the top of your head? You're about my seventh or eighth appearance this week, so okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: um, wow, thanks. Plus, for ma- thanks for making me
1: feel special. <laughs> 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 oh, Sorry, this is our publicity machine. We're trying <laughs> to maximize it. Um, And the other thing is that I'm acting as the producer, and and so um, we wanted to get this out to as many places as we could. We also wanted to take advantage of the wonderful opera houses that we have in this state so we're opening at the barry opera house that's two weeks from today the 11th and then we go to the one newer space that we have and that's the ellie long center in colchester at 40th and allen that will be our that will be our second night and then our third our sunday the 13th will be a 4 p.m matinee that will be at the hardwick uh, townhouse Then our second weekend starts on the 18th on Friday. That will be at the Woodstock uh, Town Hall Theater. And then Saturday the 19th at the Virgin's Opera House. And... uh Then our final performance on Sunday afternoon, the 20th, will be the same place that the original production closed, and that's at Chandler and Randolph. And I learned a funny story about Virgin's, which is that although it's called the Opera House, I have it on very good authority from Jerry-Ann Smart, who says hello to you and also to you, Susan, um, that... In 2000, when it was performed, it was the only opera that had ever been performed in the Verdians <laughs> Opera House, right. and and I said, "Well, how can that be?" And she said, "Well, they called these places opera houses so that they would be respectable, because if they called them vaudeville halls, then ladies would not feel comfortable going into them in wow. the old days." Wow. How, uh, how long does it last? It's it's a full length. It's you know two hours plus intermission. Okay, it's, it's the real deal.
0: Anybody uh, notable that you want to mention that's in it?
1: lots of notables we have a spectacular cast um mary bonhag who is in scrag mountain music and who who founded scrag mountain music with her husband evan primo plays grace adam hall fabulous tenor from from burlington is tommy um we have for our edith the town gossip sarah Collins, tremendous soprano um we have for um antoine a uh, wonderful young baritone uh, jeffrey pinard who grew up in shelburne uh, and has gone on to uh, montreal and all over the country now we have uh, george cordis playing doug and he grew up in essex he now runs high peaks opera in tupper lake um we have uh, johnny lee green playing james um he's from new york he's one of the two that that is not from around here originally um but he has sung here in vermont um we have thomas beard from baltimore who has also sung in vermont he plays william and uh, we have uh angela Devery, uh, sorry allison Devery who sings with counterpoint she is our angel have i gotten everybody i think so wow. um and then we have a wonderful chorus of of professionals who sound Just fantastic. Our instrumental ensemble uh, is Turn Music, uh, centered right here in Waterbury, uh, run by Waterbury's own Ann Decker, who is one of the two repeaters. She was the music director the first time. She's the music director again this time. And we have... um, Marga Whitcomb is our stage director, and she has just been tireless and energetic and has fantastic ideas so they're all we we got to hear a rehearsal um was it two nights ago, and fifteen out of the sixteen singers were there and uh, the the sound that they produced was nothing short of spectacular.
0: Wow. You know, you could actually win an Academy Award and get up there on stage and remember to thank every person you're supposed to thank. That was just incredible what you just did there.
1: Well, I'm sure I'm going to get an email from somebody I've forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but oh, wow. but oh, I, 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 I do my best. Uh, Cora Fouser is our, our, um, our costume designer. And her assistant is Ingrid Nielsen, who also happens to be my daughter. And uh, Alan Heffron is our, our technical director. So we've got a great crew as well as a great cast.
0: Okay. Where do you get tickets?
1: You go either. You can call the Barry uh, Opera House um, phone number, which is 802 8188 or you can go to their website because they have tickets for all six venues and so it's it's easy to get them and I also want to um, bring up one other thing that we've been working on we We knew right from the beginning that the themes of this opera are even more timely now than they were in the year 2000. And so we've reached out to veterans organizations and veteran support organizations. And through some generous donations, we have uh, subsidized tickets uh, for veterans. So a veteran and a guest um, can come for a very, very highly reduced price they can get in for five dollars and if they go to our website www.afleetinganimal.com they can find out how to gain access to those tickets. We also have the same deal for students. Uh, although this is an adult show, it's appropriate for high school students and, of course, college students. Okay.
0: Wow, sounds great. All right, uh, David, you're going to indulge me here, uh, this being my final oh, show here and all. Yeah. Yeah. one thing yeah. that I yeah, wanted yeah. to
3: say, which yeah. was that um, there, as a fundraiser for the film, uh, in keeping with the Vietnam veteran theme, Next Saturday, September fifth, at the Wood Art Gallery, there's a program of um, um, uh, speakers and films, um, including Eric and David. Uh, David will be reciting some poetry. Eric will talk about uh, the opera. Um, Representative Chip Triano of Stannard will be speaking about his experiences in Vietnam.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, there'll be a showing of Dorothy Todd's film Warriors Women, which was a response to um, wives and girlfriends of Vietnam vet- veterans who uh, returned with uh, PTSD. Okay. All That's, right. Uh, from 7 to 9, September 5th, at Wood Art Gallery.
1: All right. Uh, yes, Eric? One more quick thing that as part of this, we've also developed two art shows that deal with themes from the opera and so we have poetry including some by David and uh, artwork, sculpture, painting, photography um, including work by four veterans and those are in the downstairs gallery at Chandler and a completely different art show that's at the Barry Opera House so that's also in conjunction with the opera
0: Sounds great. Um, David you're going to indulge me here and uh, share with us um, one of of, um, my favorite poems of yours is one called uh, Sometimes Sometimes
2: This is from a book called uh, Happy Life. Sometimes when day after day we have cloudless blue skies, warm temperatures, colorful trees, and brilliant sun, when it seems like this will go on forever, when I harvest vegetables from the garden all day and drink tea and, and doze in the late afternoon sun, and in the evening one night make pickled beets and green tomato chutney, the next red tomato chutney, And the day after that, pick the fruits of my arbor um, and make grape jam. When we walk in the woods every day over fallen leaves through yellow light, when nights are cool and days warm, when I am so happy I am afraid I might explode or disappear or, or somehow be taken away from all of this, when i at those times when I feel so happy, so good, so alive, so in love with the world, with my own senses, this own sensuous, beautiful life, suddenly I think about all the suffering and pain in the world, the agony and the dying, and I think about all those people being tortured right now in my name, but I still feel happy and good and alive because with the with the world and with uh, I still feel happy and good and alive and in love with the world and with my lucky, sensuous, beautiful life. Because I know in the next minute or two, all this may be taken from me. And therefore, I've got to say right now what I know and say and see. I've got to say right now how beautiful and sweet this world can be.
0: Thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Thanks for coming in, all of you. I appreciate it. Good luck in uh, your efforts. Uh, And again, go to Barry Opera House. You can call them at 476-8188 to uh, get tickets for this uh, great event. We'll take a uh, short break. We'll be back right after these important announcements.
4: Big news. Granite Hills Credit Union is continuing its successful loan special. Now you can buy or refinance a car, motorcycle, or boat with a great fixed rate of 1.99% for 60 months on a new or used vehicle. We've got money to lend right now at this unbelievable low rate of 1.99%. This limited time offer will end soon, so you must act fast. Not a member of Granite Hills? Not a problem. We're open to the community. Act now before our loan special is gone. This low rate of 1.99% for a car, motorcycle, or boat will end soon. And remember, we can refinance your current vehicle, too. Apply online at granitehills.org or call today to take advantage of low loan rates from Granite Hills, your hometown credit union.
1: Hi folks, it's Ed at Capital City Buick GMC in Montpelier. It's 8.30 a.m. and August is almost over. And these advertised double cab lease specials are flying out of here at a record pace. We need 50 more GMCs and the only way it's going to happen is with price. So now it's time for a new offer. Now through the end of the month, you can lease a brand new 2015 Sierra Double Cab, 4-wheel drive, Vortec engines, 17-inch wheels, AC, cruise, all-terrain tires and much, much more for a $299 a
2: month payment,
1: or $10,000 off a new Buick Enclave. $299 a month, folks, for a $36,000 full-size American-made truck, four-wheel drive, double cab, or $10,000 off a new Buick.